right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast live here from the BMW house in uh, downtown Baltimore. An incredible week at the BMW Championship. Solly here. TC is here. Hello, sir. Absolutely buzzing. I don't smoke. I need a whole carton of cigarettes after that. That was incredible. Ah, We have a lot of takes to get through. Truly don't know where we're going to start after this, but I know know where we are going to actually start, which is recently announced and as of Thursday... Now available for, available for purchase is the Callaway Epic Super Hybrid, uh, which comes built as driver DNA in a hybrid. So you can guess what the focus of the club is. Yes, it is distance like drivers, but unlike most hybrids, this one has a titanium body. It features similar distance technologies found in this year's Epic drivers, titanium flash face, jailbreak, carbon fiber crown, you know, the whole total package. It's available in lofts ranging from 16 to 27 degrees. It translates to a two hybrid all the way to a six hybrid. They call that the big Randy edition. Each of the faces and footprints are matched accordingly. So the lower lofts are designed to perform as fairway wood replacements. And the higher lofts are inspired by iron shaping for versatility and turf interaction. On the website uh, for these, there's a video of cartoon, a cartoon character-esque world-long drive professional Martin Borkmeyer, I hope that's how you say it, taking uh, what looks like a half a swing with a hold-off finish and hitting one of these things over 300 yards. So uh, you got to check that out. He's a giant. The club face looks, or the club looks like a toothpick in his hands. For more information on the brand new Callaway Epic Super Hybrid, go to CallawayGolf.com slash Super Hybrid. We got to get Randy in one of those. I know. I'm, I think He's it a might giant, be, too. I think it's time. I'm very much like between five wooden driving iron. I think it's time for me to just get into the hybrid game. But, oh. What a week, what a day. I mean, I thought we were going to kind of, you know, just talk about our experience out there at the course, but uh, I didn't, I wasn't sure we'd get an exciting finish, but uh, I think it's safe to say we got an exciting finish. Yes. I'm glad we came back to the hotel instead of staying at the course because there's no way to track that in person. Well, especially if they're switching playoff holes and like it just, hey, gosh, we've given uh, coverage a lot of grief, but like they manage drama really well when it's right there in front of them and it, it, it delivered. Zinger was. I believe, I believe at one point he was quoting his, why don't you feel these nipples, Greg? Uh, it was just, oh God, it was a, just, it was, the, the playoff was so funny. It wasn't the best golf, the playoff itself. Well, it was, it wasn't the best golf on like the macro sense, but like micro wise, like when, you know, Bryson rinses his drive, was that the third or fourth playoff I hole? I truly have lost track. Yeah. And then, you know, but then he gets up and down from, from there after yeah, I don't. I don't know if the drop was whatever. We can talk yeah. about the drop. Later, <laughs> but Ken Tackett's getting all sorts of run when uh, Cantley put it inside of him on the uh, on the par three. That was that was like, that was the that best was moment. the that was the highlight. I that think, was maybe right? one of the highlights of the year. Yeah. I mean, it felt like one of those true like rare nights when the non golf people I follow on Twitter were like laughing about it, like involved in it, and like there wasn't a lot of other sports going up against tonight, as far as I was concerned, or far, as far as I know, and it felt like. You know, that's the reason why you get the playoffs out of the NFL season. That's why they bumped up this season. Like, otherwise, you're going up against a Sunday night NFL, and nobody would have seen that. I don't know. I have no idea what the ratings will look like. But, it, you know, for all the shit we've given the tour, like, we commended them when they moved up the schedule to get out of NFL, and, like, they got their big payoff tonight. You know, I haven't checked in on Paralympics Twitter because I think that, that yeah, was, that was going to be a tough scene. preempted, but that was the best tournament since Riviera. 
in my opinion. The or, best, the best finish. The best, the, like, or yeah, best, best Sunday. Yes. Because, I mean, all day, it was, it was great all day, even before the playoff. Watching Sergio dump a couple in the bunker, like leave him in the bunker, or uh, that 16th hole was playing great. I don't know. I was, I was kind of going into it like you, thinking, all right, like we're going to have, you know, either the, the, like there's going to be a massive runaway here, or it's going to be a slog to the finish, and it was neither. It was I think there fantastic. was a, a point to be made that Bryson kind of had something uh, owed us a little bit on back nines, right? After the U.S. Open and after the back nine at the St. Jude, you know, he missed out on the Olympics uh, and had, you know, he just hadn't really been able to make it last 72 holes. Obviously, he's had an incredible season, and we have been, you know, pretty adamant that, yes, we have – and I regret nothing in this category, but, yes, we've made our fair share of Bryson jokes, but – we are like full sign off on his approach towards the game as far as how it works, you know, the strategy of it and how it's like the rewards he's gotten out of it. And it was honestly good. It's so weird. Like, I do not like anything about Bryson, but I don't root against him on the golf course. Well, you were saying it earlier, like he's probably the most important golfer in, or he is the most important golfer in the world right now. And you said the cat, but I was like, I don't know if the cat is still a golfer. But yeah, right now. Yeah. I mean, there's a case to be made for Spieth and Rory, probably, in terms of, like, if those but guys... But those guys aren't moving it outside of golf. They're not polarizing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they're like, not we needed a villain. Like, we talked about it the last year, year and a half. Like, we needed a villain, and Bryson has filled that role very admirably. He has. There's a whole lot to, you know, talk I'm just, about. I'm just receiving word that Cantlay shot 66-66 this weekend. But to win, But one. Yeah. And it was also, like, a par 68. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did everybody in the field finish under par? They did. Everyone finished under par, even uh, Phil Mickelson and Kevin Kisner, who finished at one under par. Um, the Likely U.S. captain's picks, as I've heard on repeat here, both on this podcast and on Twitter for the last several weeks. But Cantley cards the greatest putting week in the history of strokes gain putting. Like, I don't, it was amazing. He led the field on Thursday, led the field on Friday, and was second in the field on Sunday. It's absolutely, it's insane. Like, we see hot putting rounds. You do not see, we've literally never seen somebody sustain putting that well for that long. When did strokes gain start? Like 2003 or 2004, something okay, like that. So that's a it includes some cat years in there. Massive sample size. Yes. Yeah. That's an enormous sample size. Every golfer for every tournament since 2003, no one has putted. Like, beating the odds on putts more than Patrick Cantley did. He gained 16.4 shots on the greens this week. I mean, and at some point, like, it, it's not that he was just doing it throughout the week. Like, he, you know, he, I think he made, what, 45 feet of putts that he had to have yeah. in the last <laughs> few holes of regulation there. Like, that was insane. And they were all over that. Like, that's what, I don't know. Like, NBC, we've had many, 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 many beefs. But, like, they, when the drama's good, they deliver it better than anyone. I, I've, I've always said that. They have a lot that. of cameras in the right spots on the last couple holes. Ready right? to do slow-mos yeah. and ready to hit those dramatic moments. They crushed that part when Rom won the U.S. Open. And, I don't know, that was just, very, very rarely does, like, my heart get amped up like my whoop live today for watching that golf if it didn't die today would have been pretty interesting because I was I, I, that's as excited as I've gotten watching golf this year that was kind of a that was the true stadium golf there too I mean the build out like on 17 and 18 was it's like a coliseum up mm -hmm. there, there and were so uh, many it, cer out there. it certainly helps too to have a majestic waterfall <laughs> like that that was that was the highlight of the week for me was seeing the seeing the waterfall and the stream running all the way down they should have sent them down in tubes all the way down back, you know, back to the tee on the playoff. Just, just let him tube down the, down A the lazy river, river. Yeah, it actually, it took like the sixth playoff hole for me to realize. You know what the waterfall actually does is actually 
hammer home how down how uphill that shot is right yeah it does provide some context because we went we watched on you know the first couple of days or watched replays the first couple of days and then went out saturday and was like holy shit this 18th hole is way uphill and you know we can we're gonna we're gonna talk about case valley and you know it it was amazing how easy it looked watching those guys play it and then you're out there on person it's like yeah dude it doesn't like it does not look like a place that you know we could go tear up or anyone could go tear up it's just like the prototypical like pro golfer it's a very severe piece of property extreme place kind of remind me of quail hollow a little bit but if quail hollow was like on the side of a mountain yeah like some of the places where they had to build out the you know the hospitality and all that stuff was like how did you even kind of fit this in well they had to switch the nines too they had to you know and uh but yeah i mean people shout out to baltimore uh and just maryland dc area in general like people were like coming out in droves for it it was so hot it sucked and so humid and there was a little bit of wind yesterday and today or a little bit of cloud cover too but thursday friday it was like it was oppressive and there was there was a genuine genuine buzz out there saturday when we were out there and just when bryson and rom and there and cantley's group came through it was just like i hadn't been to that in person in a very very long time and seen that kind of kind of buzz and uh it's just like I guess let's get into some Bryson stuff, um, and we'll, I promise we'll, we'll talk some Cantlay as well. But the energy around Bryson was very—it um, was just—it was palpable. It was real, and it was just like filled with like a almost like a murmur, right? It was you know a little bit of heckling and some cheering, but it just was this genuine like almost no one felt nothing while watching him. Yeah, he makes you feel something. Yes, one way or another, like you're not going to be down the middle on him. But it, there was plenty of cheering him on, which yeah. kind of not surprised me, but like was just noteworthy to me of like people yelling for him and like supporting him, and he was really good at nodding to them and waving. But like also when he hit it in the water on Saturday on 13, yeah, the butt like the roar that came from that crowd, it was like a. I mean, it was kind of like a Ryder Cup roar. It not not necessarily cheering when it went in the water, but just like a "Oh shit, Bryson yeah. in the water!" Like, kind of rooting for it. Kind of like, I don't know. It was. It was like when you see a big hit in a football game. Yeah, and like like somebody gets just completely yeah. knocked out. And, and it, it was a specific reaction to him. Like if Cantlay hits that in the water, it, that does not happen. If Rom hits that in the water, it's more of a gasp or a or a you know oh yeah instead of a oh honestly reminded me a little bit of like the the scream reaction like when tiger started stuffing shots at bell reeve in 18 like the initial like oh granted those are cheers but like i don't know it was it was different and uh if you can't tell we're kind of buzzing a little bit just from actually going to a, a tour event in person it's so hard to you know really translate that energy to tv the, the afternoon really did it but like i don't know how well on saturday it really did but it was it was just like a it's always a, just a good reminder to see the shots, see the shot shape, see the scale of which they're playing over, and be reminded of the insane talent they have. Absolutely. Because 28 under par is fucking wild. 27. 27 under par yeah. is wild. I mean, Bryson shot 60 and didn't win. <laughs> shot 68, 60, 67, 66. He played 90 consecutive holes, three straight nines, or sorry, three straight nines, 27 holes in 90 strokes. 18 under par. Thir- 29, 31, 30. Like and those are par thirty sixes. Those yeah. aren't like yeah. gimmies. Like I can't uh, even fathom it, man. And I know they played lift clean in place. You know that in round two they did not over the weekend. And I was thinking about the fifty nine. I think there's only only Guybergers was lift clean in place. I, I asked Jay Ray to look up which one it yeah. was. And that how is, many were on par seventy two? That's what I was going to say though. There's not very many thirteen unders. I think Duvall's was on a par seventy two, right? It was, and that was final round to win. Yeah. That was like, was like a, dome golf, but yeah. still, it's it's you know. I still think Furyk's fifty nine is the best 
it's better than even his 58 because it was a day like the wind blew in Chicago and no one else like he beat the field average the beat the next guy by like six or seven and field average was like even par and he shot I think it was the 12 under 59 but I mean it's just what, what are your thoughts on kind of the uh let's let, let's before we get to kind of the stadium golf and the the true birdie fest How's Randy's can't no can't lay on the Ryder Cup team take? I, today? You know what? I think Randy's going to triple down on it. Of course he will. We know that. No, I mean it's you know I think he answered any like the excitement is below the surface, right? You have to kind of dig deeper a little bit, or it's 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 a little bit of like a Brooks thing when like Brooks majors versus Brooks in you know playing the Waste Management Open. Like nobody like you're not going to get the same feeling in non-majors and I think that's kind of Cantlay it's like you're not like it doesn't translate in a regular PGA Tour event on a Thursday or a Saturday or whatever he's not going to make you feel something but like coming down the stretch like he just let his clubs do the talking and and I I do think that there's something to be said for like Bryson saying something to him about walking like legitimately pissed him off it had to have and (laughs) Zinger was kind of hammering again maybe a bit too much but like those dudes were not chatting with each other I don't think there was a single word exchanged in like was a six-hole playoff or seven-hole playoff something like like that I don't yeah I don't think there was any conversation whatsoever it was was a quick handshake at the end too it was not like it it was not friendly that the only thing that I had caught or that anyone caught the, the people out there following it are probably relaying some of that information back as well like yeah that probably was but in in Bryson's defense on that, if Cantlay's well, well within his right, yeah, to, yeah, I don't if, have a problem with it. I have no problem with yeah. him doing that. If yeah. Cantlay's walking like while he's in a shot, like but it's that, just one of those things that like you know Cantlay can use it as as fuel, as fire. Even if even if it's not a slight, you can take it as a slight and use it to your advantage. It's like the Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's pretty much what it was. That's all I had to do from, for him to do that for me to take that personally. But Cantlay, this is his fifth win. Third this season, he won the Zozo in October. He won the Memorial, and now he moves to number one in the FedEx Cup. Takes the lead into the Tour Championship. Uh, he also won the Memorial in 2019. I don't know what more people need to see out of him. He has a ton of other top finishes to support the wins that he's put in on the on the card. Like I think you send him out there. I mean, it's obviously going to depend on how he plays, like day one. But you schedule him for two matches that first day, and probably. If he can go again, another 36. Whistling is going to be a tough place to play 36 back-to-back days, I have a feeling. Yeah. And the U.S. Walk. team yeah. US team's deep enough that they can probably schedule, plan to have everyone sit at least one session, but he should play a minimum of four matches. I give Cantley a lot of credit, too. Like, that was a beast of a walk this yes. week, and it was so hot and so humid, and, you know, he's played, what, like, played last week in heat and mm-hmm. everything, and it's like, that's, you know, that's a pretty, like, for his back and for his kind of, like physical condition like that's a pretty substantial physical test for him 100 percent, right? and, and then yeah. and then east lake will be next week too i'm sure it's going to be even steamier down there yeah i mean for those that haven't listened to we had a we had cantley on the podcast last april i think it was and uh he, he detailed a lot of what he has to go through to get his back limbered up and and what he dealt with for three years basically when he kind of I mean, I wonder if we'd view Cantley's career differently if he didn't almost sit out basically like three years. Like if people kind of forgot about him, he became like a post-hype sleeper. We're talking about him now as a five-time tour winner at the age of 29 while missing like three years, essentially. Yeah. You know what? It, it, this is a weird, this is a weird like poll here, but kind of reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. 
where like came you out are, of college. You are, a, you are correct. <laughs> had a, that is a weird pull. <laughs> had a very like, you know, first yeah. rounder, big things expected from him, immense physical tools and, you know, pretty smart guy. And then kind of gets hurt, doesn't end up panning out at first and then sticks with it. And now he's a, you know, he's probably a top, top third of the, you know, he's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, right? <laughs> I got I got an even bigger reach if you want to bear with me here. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish your sip of your drink, but just make sure you don't spit it out. He might be Mike Vick, because he also might be running a secret dogfighting ring that we don't know about and going away for a few years and coming back and having a post like Renaissance, like going out shooting 60 as an am, coming out in the NFL and tearing it up for a little while, going away for a little while and coming but, back. But Vick was the dude. I know before the dogfighting. Listen, right? we don't need to break this yeah. down very, very closely here, but. He was like the best amateur in the world. He was like the next big thing. Yeah. I mean, other than John Peterson. I mean, shit, shooting. What did you shoot at? Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll let that one go. But what did he shoot at, at uh, Hartford? 60. 60 as, as an, an amateur. amateur. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like, that's insane. He's he's a, just a, a, a total just like prototype talent. Or I don't know if prototypes are right. Stereotypical talent, right? Of... Just does everything good. Nothing fantastic. Obviously, put it out of his mind this week. But just like, I know people are probably a little over the strokes gain stuff, but like a strokes gain machine. Which guess what that means? That just means you're good at golf. Like that's what we're measuring here. That's what we're measuring here. Like I know some. There's been. There's starting to become like a little pushback on some of these quote-unquote analytics it's like it's not even analytics it's just literally measuring how good you are at getting the ball in some the of hole. it's just confirming what you what you see with your eyes right yeah or, right or, i mean or kind of like like or not confirming, confirming it either confirming like this was just clearly like oh it seemed like he made a shitload of putts yes guess what he did yes you know? well and it's not even like the different categories as much as it is just like hey how often are you like beating the field average right yeah. i mean that, that there's a measure to that it's not and when we get into this Ryder Cup talk and all that, I, I just will be adamant that it's like you can't, you don't just like cherry pick the best weeks to prove that somebody is, you know, a great player week in, week out. And like you need reliable people that are like constantly there. Like you, you need John Rahm. I know he's the number one player in the world, but like that dude's just always there. He does not bottom out, he does not miss cuts. And that has value more than like guys that rack up necessarily a ton of wins. And that's not how the sport is treated on a week to week basis. And I understand all that, but. Like can't lay like seeing these dudes that are just gonna be machines like that start to rack up these wins feels very validating for those that are believers in the system. He's got kind of a weird, maybe it's just this season because um, last year I don't think he missed like like 2019 and 2020 he really didn't miss like any cuts. Can't lay at all. No. Yeah, but this year he's kind of he's he's been more strikes and gutters. Like obviously the, the Zozo at the end of last year. Masters T17 last year, and then solo second at the Amex T3 at Pebble, but then missed the cut at the Players, which you'd think that's like a pretty premium course for him. Everyone right? throws in a random MC just yeah. to like throw you off. But then missed the, the cut players. at the Masters, and then kind of surprises me that he plays Heritage. Missed the cut at Heritage, like three MCs in a row. Missed the cut at Heritage, missed the cut at Wells Fargo, and then and then threw in a missed cut at the Open Championship presented oh, by her majesty the queen he missed that many this but. year too so um no i mean I, it's just like it's tough to like just seeing him go toe-to-toe with bryson and while he's hitting i think hicks or or zinger said it towards the end of the broadcast like when he's hitting six irons into greens and while bryson's hitting wedge like 
that's like very, very, very hard to do it, psychologically. It took literally the greatest putting week in the history yeah. of strokes gained putting since we've measured yeah. putting the greatest week just to tie Bryson over 72 holes. For him to get up and down, like the, I think for me the biggest moment of the day was when he got up and down on, on, uh, on 17 oh. in, in uh, regulation. Like that was that was insane. Hand up. I called it. I said it was over. I thought, which like, come on. We all thought it was. I over. think I think Porter did the the uh, Vince Carter did. <laughs> of course he did. Which you know you can't you can't abuse that. I mean Bryson like like, like uh, Bryson abused his be good or, or oh yeah you got so you are if I may say you've had a couple misses in the last couple of years maybe I'm, I'm remembering some yeah one or two ones, yeah but you are one of the best at and you know I don't like giving you credit at <laughs> the pre apex. On the iron shot. Right off yeah, like, the like, like oh, almost good. during contact. Yes. Oh, be good. Yeah. And Bryson blew it. And uh, that was the hole that Cantley made the, the bomb birdie that said, Oh, yeah, don't, uh, can you yeah. stop walking, Patrick? And, um, and then Bryson had, like, it, it's just weird when you see him. Sergio did it too. Like, when I think Bryson was hitting like six iron into 16. Uh, what was that? And, you know, it comes up like 40, you know, 30 yards short. And granted, it's like, Pretty uphill green and everything. Four uphill. Yeah, but like and, and like Sergio did the same thing with a three wood or a five wood and was like, go, go, go. And then you're expecting it to like land in the front bunker or something and it lands way short. You know, thirty yards short. And then he hits a nasty, nasty pitch up there. But um but yeah, let's talk Bryson chipping. Let, let's get to that in one yeah. second. Um, of course, our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one, which is coming up very soon. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season, and you'll receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. They have brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S., so rest assured uh, your funds are safe, totally secured. The app is safe, secure, and reliable. You can just deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer. they got player props, live betting, so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code NLU to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time. Only the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. I'd, I would like to say in our pool, there's 23,000 entries. I finished 17,000th. But I did, I did well in the, uh, in the other one. I, I made 25 bucks. <laughs> TC is... Fantasy golf's of, got me. Officially my fantasy team guy. Uh, checking in here. But no, thank you to everyone that signed up for our survivor pool in the past week. We were able to, with uh, our donation and uh, DraftKings donation, able to raise $20,000 for the National Links Trust. Played golf with Will Smith mm-hmm. actually on uh, uh, last week and, and from the National Links, yeah, Trust, not, yeah, not from yeah down in down in DC. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't he wasn't getting jiggy with it or anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, they're doing great stuff. If you're not familiar, go seek that out too. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're they got some exciting things in store in DC. If you're a fan of municipal golf courses, that is uh, a, a great uh, great program you can support. But you want to talk Bryson? Yeah, I mean, I just want to like people. Said like like I would never ever ever wish the chipping yips on anyone, even Bryson. Like that's where I draw the line. Like is that it? is that is like some 
you know, against like the Geneva Convention style stuff is inhumane to wish the chipping yips on someone else. Does he have the chipping yips or is he just not very good at chipping? Like, I think, I feel like that's been the thing for quite some time. Like, and we've said this back in. It's probably like, well, he, I mean, he's also like chipping with a that's what ma- I'm massive, like a heavy seven iron length or six iron length, you know, wedge, right? Yeah. And I don't know why he has decided to not, like, that doesn't seem like a club that has to be the golf machine swing with, right? Like, I feel like it's something with some touch, uh, a shorter lob wedge or whatever it would be would make a lot of sense. Well, that's like a different I, technique. I mean, like, like, when I struggle or, like, when I play on Bermuda, I have a, I carry a lefty wedge in my bag. And, like, I need more clubs than Bryson needs. Like, he, he probably, you know, he can, he doesn't need a three wood or he doesn't, you know, like, there's certain stuff that he can do with his bag that, you know, like I'm not capable of, right? And like right. you would think with Bryson, it's like you you would just put something in, you're not gonna hit any full shots with it, but it would be a regular ass wedge, right? You would think so, yeah. And I mean, I don't I don't think the big takeaway from this week is you know the the I don't think that's the biggest necessarily takeaway from Bryson. I think it was just like, you know what, he did this thing where he decided he was gonna become a really good putter, and he is, and drive it way further than anyone. They flashed a stat today that his average swing speed this year. 132.5 miles an hour. I immediately looked at you and said, that's, that's bullshit. That's wrong. <laughs> and I went to go look up the stat, and sure enough, it was right. Over f- almost four, it was over five miles an hour faster than any other player on tour, and that's average swing speed. And faster, over four mile an hour faster than any average swing speed in the history since they've measured the stat in, since 2007. That's that, yeah. You know how hard it is to get four mile an hour faster than the fastest ever. Yeah, I mean, I we've known that this is no, I don't. Cause like, no, yeah. I, I don't even have any concept of of what's swinging above a hundred and you know. I mean, I don't even know what I swing at. Right, probably a hundred and you probably are hundred high one hundred, like one hundred eight, one hundred nine, okay. probably. Yeah, and like so to be. He went from like one seventeen to one thirty two. That's crazy. So that's like yeah, you going like past, way past Neil's swing speed. Like Zinger kept saying that you know, in in order to gain control, you have to lose control. Like he said, kept he said that a couple times this week. And I thought that was interesting. Where like he's totally, it is totally fearless. Like yeah, I you know on a course like that to play golf. Yeah, exactly. But that goes back to like we'll talk about the setup and yeah. how like the you know they're trying to challenge these guys in the worst way. I mean, Caves Valley spent what ten twelve million dollars renovating this place in preparation for this. And the guys, like, you know, are on the verge of breaking scoring records yeah. there. You know, but I, I, interesting thing, on the weekend, uh, nobody in the top uh, nobody in the top 10 shot below 65, but nobody in the top 10 shot over 71. Well, that's just, a, like, kind of middled in, you know, right in 65 to 68 range. I think some of that has to do with not doing lift clean in place for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pins got a little more difficult. The balls were bouncing a little bit more on the green as the week went along. I think the yeah. early parts of this week, with how much heat and humidity there was going to be, and I, I'm not a bent grass expert, but as soon as we landed in, in Baltimore as of Wednesday, everyone was almost like apologetic for like some of the golf courses we were going to play. Like it's just the nature of the beast. You are here year. during yeah. the worst possible time you could be here. Um, there's yeah, there's not much you can really do on this in this area. I think of the that's going to be an interesting thing. Like I grew up in Atlanta, and you know played a lot of my golf in like the late 90s early 2000s in Atlanta and then I left for college in like 04 and every course was bent and then Atlanta Athletic Club put champion Bermuda in and within like three or four years every club went to champion Bermuda and they were saving like four or five hundred thousand dollars a year just on electricity costs for not having the fans yeah 
And I imagine like that's going to keep creeping up the eastern seaboard yeah. because you got to soak them to keep them alive and you can't stress them too much with, you know, cutting them too close or anything this time of year. And it's just, it's just a fact of life where it's like, that's the thing that stinks about the tour schedule. And I get it. Cause you got to stick with, you know, history and you, know, you keep the West coast swing where it is, but like they seem to play the, they play everywhere at like the worst time of the year for that place. There aren't a lot of great places to play in August in the U S unless you go Pacific Northwest or way Northeast. Right. And even yeah. then you can get some hot, humid days up there, but and that's the exception in a Boston or somewhere like that rather than the rule or yeah, going out you know, yeah. way West. And you can get lucky. I mean, last year this, you know, it was maybe a little later. I forget what, what time of year it was. Olympia fields was, I think it was actually the same week last year. And it got was fast, firm, and it was a different. Just they didn't have the rain leading up like this place had and whatnot. But it just it just put on like full display of like if you don't have firm greens, you can't and no wind, you can't challenge these yeah, players. Like rough does not matter. I mean, they're they're wide fairways, and it, it's just so interesting too. Where like this is like I give Caves Valley people a ton of credit because they rep the shit out of their club. <laughs> like I've never seen, and it's the second, third, fourth, fifth club for a lot of these people, but you see the logo, like it is, you know, they, they rep the hell out of the club, but you know, it like it, they, they, they spend all this money and then like it's one week. Right. And like, and then it's still not challenging these guys. And, and it's like, unless you have firm greens, there's, there's literally nothing you can do. Nothing. Yeah. And that's almost kind of where I was like, Alonzo morning gif of like narrow fairways kind of this this week is kind of like it's like the Webb Simpson <laughs> yeah kind of would have made a little more yeah. sense probably because I mean Bryson I've never seen Bryson be able to swing driver with that much confidence and Just not be with, able to watch it yeah without impunity right? yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah uh, the kind of the worst kind of or with impunity without impunity without I think yeah you're <laughs> supposed to be the wordsmith <laughs> but with the the worst thing in golf being the courses where hitting it harder makes is less risky like hitting it past all the hazards is less risky you can blow it and zinger was all over this too great week for zinger by the way uh on 16 he's like he gets up on that tee box he doesn't have to think about that right bunker he's going to swing hard and he has that advantage over Cantley here and it's like yeah we watched that exactly that thing play out which like I, from a strokes gain perspective like, like seeing bryson be he was what second overall in strokes gain tee to green yes and he lost strokes approach approach like that's just that's just, that's modern golf right there. Yeah, right. It pretty much is, and it's it's still like a hard thing that I, I I definitely know I don't properly ever explain it on this podcast of like just understanding the impact of of distance in golf. But the, it is a driving and putting contest when you have anything that looks like this golf course. And it listen was it did it give us like one of the greatest finishes of the year? Yes, I I think that a you don't need a difficult interesting challenging golf course to give you a great finish it's like I bell reeve gave us a great 100 you know, great sunday yeah. right but it, it for a sunday and which is a ton of what pro golf is about is just some excitement on sunday right it's kind of wwe they could do a lot better at delivering on the wwe front but like it's just a stage right i mean you go to that there's a reason they go to that golf course which is like seeing all the infrastructure and the space they have for the beer gardens and the hospitality and all that stuff. Like it's a very real thing. Right. So they give him that stage and like, yeah, like if Canley would have won by five today, it would have been one of the great snooze fests of all, of all time. But we had two guys hit their peak at the same time, which is kind of blind luck. So like, you know what I mean? Caves does not necessarily get credit for that, but you but might, you, you might get that out of well, it. Like it's, it, it's not blind luck. It's just probability where like if the top 70 guys are playing, 
you're going to get two or three probably of the top guys like like you know Rory if he plays better on Friday like he's right there in the mix I mean he finished yeah. five shots back but he shot 70 on Friday but I think an interesting like the the golf courses that we really love to watch golf on that gets you tuned in Thursday through Saturday. That's the that's the substance, and then Sunday's the sizzle. Yeah, right. And so, like, by the time a lot of people are tuning in, we we you know some of the people that watch more of the tournament are kind of maybe a little bored with like watching balls just stick and plug. Like, it's not that interesting just to see where a guy lands. A like shot. Shane Lowry had some comments yeah. today that you know he just said like, yeah, like this is not it's you know you got to make a few putts, you still got to hit the shots, but like at some point it's just. <laughs> You know, he kind of talked himself out of his take. By the end of the time he I got feel like to, like all it, of them are so scared to actually go on record with anything. Like he, you know, and I've then, got and it. Then, and then like Rory's trying to talk about the entertainment product of everything and all that. But like, this like Sundays are an entertainment product, but you got to have some substance Thursday through Saturday. And this has been DJ's. Otherwise, open. it's just like yeah. just tune out for two or three days and yeah. then tune in on Sunday afternoon. Shane's quote, this is Brendan Porath tweeted this. He says, look, I just think this golf course is pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy. There's a lot of birdie chances. Quite a frustrating golf course. To be honest, I don't really like golf courses like this. 21 under leading after three rounds. It's quite hard to get yourself going. You feel like you're playing nine holes and even par. You just feel like you're reversing down the leaderboard, which you are. It's just one of those courses where you need to do everything pretty solid and hold a lot of putts. And by the time you got to the end, I was kind of like, well, it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's most weeks. Cool. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Rory's had the comment of like the tour is not a test, you know, it's an entertainment product, and uh, I, I I just don't think they could have done a ton more with the setup. It's not like they put the pins in funnels the whole week and move tees up or anything like that. It's just uh, it's just like not that difficult of a golf course for these guys, but yet would be for all of us. I almost feel like if they, if you make it shorter in certain spots, it actually makes it harder off the tee because it's like there's it's just gonna be more awkward yeah like you're gonna be flying some of these bunkers by so far and some of the fairways do narrow up a little bit you know 18 like if you move that up a little bit and that narrows up and it brings the creek even or you know the the the, the great Foz river <laughs> even more into play which by the way the fact that uh kh lee got relief from the TIO Man. after hitting it off the rock bed. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's, he's like in the hazard, and he still gets TIO. Like that was that's the crazy. That was the Schuster brother like opus right there of one. He hit it, hit it into a Foz manufactured creek into TIO relief. It got the relief like from almost from a hazard. The only thing that could have been better is like if he if he got the relief and then instead of leaving it in the hazard, basically. He blades it over the green, banks it off of the <laughs> off of the grandstand, back onto the green. Right? No, it's like our our dad built a built a waterfall when we were growing up. Like he just he loves our back. He loved the backyard when we were growing up, and he built a, he bought a, bought a John Deere, rented a like a baby bobcat, and built this waterfall. And it and it was like forty or fifty feet long, and it was very very small scale interpretation of that one with just very, you know, there every ten feet or so, there's like a little eddie or a little set of rapids or whatever it's 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 uh the foz man well jo wrapping up this conversation josh clark 06 asked do golf courses actually matter and to that i'd say like in the short term probably not like you could get a great you could get a great entertaining finish on a golf course that is not you know you know a staple golf course but i think like, i think we kind of answered it you know or what what our answer would be is like yeah in Getting there is part of the journey, right? And if you want to entertain people on TV for you know a longer period of time, having more interesting golf probably fits the bill. But 
At the same time, a lot of people that go to golf tournaments just want to have a view of the golfers and like don't care about the architecture one bit. So it's hard to like, it's hard to say, right? I mean, the tour is there to back to Rory's take, right? It's an entertainment product and it's not necessarily about the golf. And, the, and they and do the, a really the, poor the job of leaning into that. But also, it's like at some point, like you just gotta give credit to the players. Like they're oh, there's they're like, really fucking good. They're so freaking good, and it is good to have a week every now and then that just like shows that off. Of like they just did something to this golf course. That, like I'm guarantee everyone that's a member there kind of thought like, oh, these guys won't tear our golf course up. And 27 under one, and it could have been lower. Like Bryson kind of cooled off a little bit at a certain point. But I don't know. Does this change anything about about Bryson, or you know, does this change anything you think? No, or? I mean I like. You know, I I hate the guy personally. Like, I think he's a complete fucking moron. And like, you know, all the, like the he's even more of a showman than a scientist. Like, well, he's not a scientist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, all right, like I think he's you know like or like people are always saying, God, you let Rory off the hook for throwing his club there, or like whatever. I'm like, honestly, I wouldn't get on Bryson for necessarily throwing his club. It's, it's when he does stuff that's just like when he when he'll rifle one and he knows it's going to the crowd and he and he just doesn't even signal he just says like he just turns away from it and acts like yeah like that was part of the plan um like that's when i get upset but i think with him it's like like i gotta take my hat off man like he he fought really really hard today he missed a lot of putts to the left which you know i'm sure he'll recalibrate whatever he needs to i laugh every time i see him putt it's like, the best the, the, you know his putting stance is just absolutely outrageous but like you know I like I give the guy a shitload of credit. He he's turned a very very bad weakness into like he's one of the most like probably one of the most consistent putters out there now, right? As far as just when it matters or when he's like when everything's sinking up, he's yeah. he has good. It's not a liability anymore. He's number one on the tour in strokes gain off the tee, number thirty sixth in putting, which has not always been the case. From yeah, from from two years ago to now, like that that's unthinkable. Twenty nineteen, right? he was actually twenty eighth. Um, really, and he was actually tenth in twenty twenty. This is why we have the stats. Exactly. To keep, to keep it it, but at one point, he was even higher. He has not putted great over the last couple months. If I now, I will say, like if he, you know, like when he missed the putt for fifty nine, it's clearly like. You know, he was like, I hit a good putt and all that. And it's like, well, yeah, like sometimes like every, like everything's not in the greens book. Like, yeah. You got to like read the fucking putt. Right? He didn't make a mistake the whole week. I mean, you know, he flushed the shot that went right in the water. He, you know, yeah. he didn't miss, miss, yeah. you know. which is kind of the mentality. Yeah. He's got to have. Right. Yeah. And like the club twirl with the wedge into 18, like, listen, you got to make the putt after doing that, of course. But that was like a badass shot. He knew he hit the number, knew he flushed it. And he like. But I think all like all that stuff feeds into that psychology of like he you like you can't believe in your own mortality. Yeah. If you're him, right? Where like in, in all of his faux pas off the course as well, or like it's it's a lack of humility and self awareness and all that, but like that also probably helps him on the golf course. Yep. Like it's that same attitude, right? But yeah, we cool the takes on like, oh, you know, Rory throws his club and you'd you'd have been all over Bryson if he does it. Like, yeah, there's if you can't tell, like we treat the scenarios of these guys differently. It's like Hand one guy's an on asshole. hundred percent. That's kind of the point, right? Yeah. Like, and no way one if we promise yeah. to like treat every player perfectly, yeah. exactly the same, but we treat them fairly. Do like, I also think like, like Rory's kind of acting like a bitch right now? Sure. Like, yeah. Kind of like he's, you know, like you're, you're making tens of millions of dollars every year to play golf. And he's bitching about playing what, 28 or 30 times in the last 18 months and it's like 
dog, like go play the corn fairy tour. Go like, go be 75th on the FedEx cup list. And I realize you've earned this and you're very good, but like at some point, like the, the complaints or the woe is me or I'm so burned out, like doesn't, you know, doesn't resonate. Like, is the schedule too long? Yeah, absolutely. But like sack it up. Like this was a very extenuating circumstance year. Too. Yes. And they, you're on currently in a week that like they couldn't have teed up the golf course much better for you. Right. Like this is a, as good of a golf course as you're going to get. So, like, finished fourth. It, so it's like hearing him say like, you know, Kevin Van Valkenbrack asked the question. He's like, Hey, like what, you know, what do you think of the setup this week? Or what do you, you know, like, I'm not sure what the exact question was, but Roy was basically like, I think the playoffs, this is great where it basically lets us shine, like paraphrasing here, but like lets us shine. I don't have to come in and study it and, and get deep on it. Like I just have to execute the golf shots. And at some point it's like, all right, if that's what, if that's what the players are saying, then they need to be doing the exact opposite and right. actually challenging them. If they want us to take, you know, take the competition seriously, I think in that regard, but maybe the tour would, would argue, all right, like, no, like it's about the players. It's not about the venue or the course or whatnot, but it, like at some point it's just, you're making the, like the margins just get so thin and you just have to make it another one or two putts a day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think he's a bit annoyed that it's not a bigger test, right? Because he's one of the most talented. Right. And I think it, when it turns into a putting contest, like this week was, but he, that's where I struggle with like his thing. It's like when it's not pushing, a at least a little bit against them where it's like like Rory like you should be going the opposite tack like you're the most talented and yeah. if you actually get challenged on a lot of these shots tee to green like it's gonna favor you a hell of a that's lot that's what more. I'm saying I think he would yeah. like that right yeah, but he's saying the opposite which doesn't make sense to me you know well I, I maybe took that's his, just mental fatigue I took his comments to, to Kevin as like you know eh, kind of rolling his eyes like look it's an entertainment product like they're not trying to set it up tough like it, it doesn't you know it doesn't want to be they don't want that but also when you crow all year about like this means more this is a FedEx Cup playoffs da 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 da, da it's like well, that's you know. well. We know that's bullshit, right? We, this yeah. whole thing is a a sieve. It's a cash distribution yeah. vehicle. It's they're a, trying to get the money to the players, right? That's it's that's a funnel. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do, and and they got some great action this week along the yeah. way, which is like all we can ask for as fans. So it's hard to sit here and really critique it after a a great great you know day that we had. And I, I'm in on the the final the the tour championship format i think it's i love it it's I, wild i don't it's have a fun. problem with it at all yeah i'm like it's yeah it's like there should be i guess my my argument would be if you want to make the regular season mean more and then truly make it feel like the playoffs then give the guys make these three weeks one big ass tournament mm. <laughs> or like and there's cut there's a cut there's yeah, a cut like a after the first yeah. like so so next year is what memphis memphis and then bmw and wilmington and then tour championship, and so you do you do it with a cut, but you do it with you seed it based on the regular season, and 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 you make the regular season mean something. Going back to Rom's comments, yeah, you know where he's like, hey, like I don't think it's right that somebody can parachute in, play really well two out of three weeks in the playoffs, and win this thing. Which you can argue either way of that, but you can kind of get a you can kind of do the best of both worlds. If you said, all right, you're number one coming into the FedEx cup playoffs after the regular season, you strengthen Wyndham. If like, if a guy, you know, is on the edge or there's a close, a close race there, then you get guys actually vying for seating mm -hmm. going into the playoffs instead of just wiping the slate totally clean. Let's go through it for East. Like Cantlay starts at 10 under sleeping on the lead for the next four nights. Finau at eight, 
Bryson at seven, Rom at six, Cam Smith at five, JT, English, Answer, Spieth, and Burns at four, Morikawa, M, Hovland, Oosthuizen, DJ at three, Rory, Xander, Kokrak, Na, Kepka at two, Connors, Hideki, Sink, Neiman, Scheffler at one, Berger, uh, Eric Van Royen, Sergio Garcia, Billy Horschel, Patrick Reed, maybe at even par. And if Reed can't play, he just he just goes to twenty nine. Just twenty nine. Yeah, no one no one gets in. So, so on that level, like who? The last this is his third year that they've done this now. Third year. The last like Rory this, won in nineteen. I was gonna say this kind of goes yeah. to show you like I have no idea who won <laughs> the last two tour championships or FedEx Cup playoffs or whatever. Like who won the last two and. Where did they start in relation to par? Rory won in uh, 19. He started at five under, and DJ won in 2020. I don't remember where he started, but I can definitely get that for you. I think he started. He had to start number one. I mean, he was absolutely killing it coming into it. I mean, anything st- can still happen, right? You still just have like a ma- – what's been interesting to me is like so far in these two times uh, – it's not gone. We've not had the year where, you know, it was somebody like truly bottoms out and like if Cantley bottoms out and goes from fifteen million down to like finishing twenty fifth. That'd like, be super interesting. That used to not be possible yeah. in the old format and it is and it hasn't really happened too badly yet. I have to look up. I I think I calculated last year who the biggest like quote unquote loser was uh in that championship and I just yeah, DJ did start at minus ten and Xander and, and uh D and JT finished second. They started at minus seven and minus three. So as far as the bubble goes, there was some interesting stuff. There was. I hated seeing, you know, what's our our, our boy Alex and Lauren didn't quite make it in. Missed the uh, putt. Missed the putt. They there. showed the putt eventually. Yeah, they got there eventually. But um Sergio played his way. Sergio played his ass off down the stretch. Yeah. Sergio's playing some golf. Um just just in time, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's just a guarantee. <laughs> Eric Van Royen gets his way in, you know, being outside the top one twenty five, going into the Barracuda, wins the Barracuda, and now he's going to East Lake. That's, that's that's a shitload comes from when it getting into East Lake and they Kind of told that story today. Kind of bungled it a but, couple times. But they don't but want to talk about the majors. They, they want to talk just, about everything else that they want to talk about the majors they have. But they don't want to talk comes about the masters. with it. Yeah. Like they want to say, hey, you get into the players and you make this guaranteed amount of money or whatever. But you know, like get in basically everywhere except for PGA Championship, and then you probably get in the PGA too. Co- um, KH Lee bogeyed the last hole to be, to miss out on East Lake, which was tough. Zinger kept attributing it. If you missed the if he, saying, he lost out on four hundred thousand dollars. Not quite true. 31st place still gets $200,000. He was tossing them out there. He man. was. I appreciate that. The numbers don't have to be right, but I love actually talking about the money. It's on all the, relative. Yeah, right? it's all relative. I love I loved what he was throwing out there today. But Big what if for me. Kokrak, first round 73. If he plays a little bit better in the first round, he finished 68, 65, 66. You know, he's... Uh, He's he's got some chips to move. He's he's got a chip in a chair <laughs> heading into the tour championship. He's alive. He, do you think they're looking at him for the f- no. for Ryder Cup? I don't. No you want to do that now? You want to talk Ryder Cup sure. now? Of course, the the people that brought you this event will also bring you this segment. Our partners at BMW, global partners of the Ryder Cup, uh, and partners of ours as well, have sponsored all year long these conversations we'll have about the Ryder Cup. My takeaway from the week: I think absolutely nothing changed. Like, I think side. something changed. Went from like Cantley being. Hey, you should take him to like Cantley's a lock for the team. Well, he literally made it. He qualified. Yeah, for the okay, team. okay. Yeah, he, he qualified yeah. for the team. Uh, I think he was going to be taken no matter what. So we have our six qualifiers as of now. The picks are going to be made after next week's tour championship. So did he knock Finau out? He knocked Finau out. 
Finau's basically been assured that he's got a... Stricker called him on like the 18th green yeah. at Northern Trust. Finau is seven. Which, going back to the tour championship, you're convinced that Finau is going to going to win he well i was hoping he would but, come in as the leader <laughs> and win it and what, like what's he coming in at second, second. he's okay. coming in a second he's, so he's gonna nine win under and it's gonna under? be so freaking perfect because you guys are gonna bitch and complain and squirm and whine and it is going to be the accumulation of all his other great finishes that get him an extra all the win ba- all the bad luck that that yes. is basically rolled into it when he doesn't actually get the owgr points for the win yes because he's starting so far ahead of other guys. So somebody's going to beat him for the week. Yes. But he's going to net gonna, up to... Yeah, he's going to win the FedEx Cup. <laughs> and it's going to be fantastic. Okay. And that'll be his third tour win. We'll and it is just... We'll cross that bridge when we get No, to no, it. we're getting there. We're there. We know that's <laughs> happening. That is absolutely happening. But um, So that that's seven guys. Spieth is eight. Yeah. Xander's nine. Um, is Xander a lock? Yeah, come on. You think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just like... I like Xander. I think I I, yes, I would yes, have yes. him on the team. I'm just asking the question. Yes, yes, yes. He okay. is. There's no possible way they don't pick him. What did he do this week? I don't think he's T49 this week. That's not great, but he checks every single box you could you could imagine for that. And I don't think he got anything for winning the Olympics either. But by the way, Xander's dad saw him walking around out there this week. He was wearing black capris <laughs> and a black shirt. Like, what a savage. What a menace. Some some people came up to us and said hello, and they said, yeah, we just tried to talk to Xander's dad. He was not nice. So, <laughs> so thank you for hanging with us for a second. But So that's nine guys on the U.S. side. Berger, I don't know why people are pushing back on Twitter about this selection. No, I'm he, all, all, for, all, all for Berger. Berger's a badass, and yeah. everyone's like, yeah, he just hasn't played good enough. Like, no, dude, you just haven't followed close enough. Yeah. Like, he has totally played good enough. He is has been on, you know, President's Cups teams, and I don't know what more you're looking for out of a guy. You want to like talk about a, T3, it, he really hasn't, like, he, he's kind of played a pretty select schedule, but T3, Byron Nelson, uh, didn't play well at PGA, T20 at Colonial, T7 at US Open, T34 at John Deere, and then T8 at British, and T5 at memphis it's like he's just no fucking rock solid right and it, it just goes back to like if we are gonna you he's know missed two cuts all year if we're gonna pass on the guy that over the last six months has been the third best american at getting the ball in the hole yeah. like what the hell like what yeah, i'm again, with you there yeah. stop like you can stop the strokes gain bullshit of you know hating on the strokes gain and just like look at how good the guy is at getting the damn ball in the hole there's nothing to worry about i mean like the ultimate metric of getting the ball in the hole is like he has He's like seven or eight top tens this yes, year. Yes, exactly. In big events. Exactly. So that's that's ten. Harris English, I think he's not beat down the door, but I think checks a lot of boxes and has had a solid enough year and has had strong recent so finishes. So that's kind of the, like, in your opinion, that's that's the line, right? After Berger, there's a little bit of debate. I think right? a little bit. I don't think English is sign sealed delivered, but okay. again, we're, if we're talking about the player that's trending the best over the last three and months, we're at we're at ten before. So we're we, we got two spots left after Berger. Correct. Okay. Who the? But I don't know if this updated just now for Cantlay or for this week or not. But literally, the number one American over the last three months has been Harris English. So again, yeah, two wins this year, two runner ups as well. Like, or I guess, sorry, not a runner-up at uh, at FedEx. He had a T4, but it was obviously very close to – it was one shot out of a playoff uh, at that event. Like, what uh, fits the golf course, has a fit. Like, I don't know what more you're looking Solo for. Solo third at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Like, you know. But in, 
I think the only downside to Harris English would be like he's he's what he's like 30 32 three, 32 at some point like you know you're almost, you're almost skipping a not a generation but like the 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 front half of that generation to get new blood on and like totally leaning into the youth movement yeah um but that's not fair to him either no like he's played he's played well enough like like if the if the Ryder Cup's last year, yeah, he would have made it. He's on, yeah, right. So I think like you got to take him because he's and he's, he's basically playing it. like he did yeah. going into last year. He sustained so, it. So yeah. I, that's eleven, and that's that's who like I would go to war with that eleven, and then I think the last spot gets interesting. You're, you're going Phil, right? Um, of course, yeah. <laughs> Phil and Kisner finishing DFL. I, yeah, no one really coming in the in the in the messages this week saying how uh, how hot Kiz and and Phil. It's weird. Once you Kiz, know what, it's a ba- it's a bad venue for him. Yeah, guess what? So is Whistling. That's <laughs> the point. As soon as they went back to the the bomber paradises, Kiz uh, maybe struggled the last couple of weeks. But are you going Scheffler? I would. I think Scheffler is the that's, the, that's the guy. Very, that's very it's big huge to me. I know you. I've been a huge doubter of Scheffler for so long, according to you. But uh, yeah, again, kind of an underappreciated guy by a lot of people judging on Twitter. Webb's numbers are are better than I kind of realized. I think he's had a quiet last six months. I haven't really noticed it, but like he has played good, sustainable golf. Is it a great golf course fit for him? Not necessarily, I don't think. But who's the babysitter? Do you need a babysitter? That's on the, team? the question. Like it's like how are these going to pair right? up? Is like the only thing I haven't really considered. When I'm going for twelve best talents, I think Scheffler's my twelfth. I will say that Scheffler is my twelfth. But you know, where does the task force nature of these decisions come in? Right? Do they take rookie Scheffler over Webb, who's played in a bunch of these things? When you know it, it's it's close. You know, but number at some one, it's like, hey, like we've seen we've seen this thing play out before. Like, let's take some new blood, and if that doesn't work, then we'll go back to it. And Scheffler also feels like kind of a kind of a chameleon. Gets along with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game game's pretty versatile. He you know. has no weaknesses in his game, yeah. and probably a piece of these teams for years to come. That that's what I would do. I don't think we're not like. We're not, you know, short on experience, so we don't necessarily need Webb. Any other wild cards that would pop of, to mind? A lot of people chirping about Sam Burns and throwing that in there. Like, I, I wouldn't I, even say he's a wild card. Like, I'd say, like, you know, I think Sam Burns is probably maybe one rung slightly below Harris English. I mean, he's yeah. a great, great year. Very good right? year. I, I just, I, I don't think he, I think feel like Burns is uh, a guy that would would have had to really beat down the door, right? It's not the true year-long like success story that Scheffler's been. He has yeah. granted the you know the or win. the three-year success story that Harris English has exactly. been. Exactly. I just can't picture them. I don't see great reason to buy. If you're going to do like an inexperienced you know, rookie pick, yeah. you're probably going to go Scheffler over Burns, right? Unless you're like really valuing you know, this week necessarily. Or you know, if Burns goes out and wins next week, that may change things, of course. But that last pick, you know what? If you get through that first 11 and they get those right, whoever finishes that 12th, I, I, unless it's Phil, I, I have struggled to get really too upset about it. I think it it should be a, a, a good enough collection of talent to go to battle. And anything might happen once you get there, but like I, don't fault, I wouldn't fault any of those decisions. On the back end, too, it's, it's not like you can't just hide somebody during the first, the first two days, too, right? Right, and that's where it's like the, U, the Europeans are strong at the very top, but like middle to the back part of that team is not as strong as the U.S., and like that's where the U.S. is probably going to win this thing because in the past years, the top U.S. players have let them down. Like That's when they have lost. But like I also kind of think 
we've totally just like thrown out 2016. Like people, like the last time this was on U.S. soil, the U.S. team nailed the team. They got the bombers. They set up the golf course and they smoked them. Like it wasn't even close. So like I think as hard as I've been on the U.S., like I feel like a little benefit of the doubt of like yeah, France really didn't it's almost go like good. The opposite of recency bias. Yes. It's like-, <laughs> like France was just a total like they were unprepared and they were not they were did not feel the right team for that golf course. And a, a bunch of things worked against Furyk, you know, with Bryson and and Tiger all coming in super hot from the playoffs and then just throwing up goose eggs uh, in the matches and all that. But something to be said for, like, probably having a little something learned from Medina and how they set it up. They've won two of the last three on U.S. soil, and they just had an insane upset in 2012 uh, and blew it the last day. So, I don't know. My faith is starting to come back around a little bit because I think that, like, they're almost – getting forced into not making bad decisions, right? If Phil, like, top 10s this week, then they may have made a bad call, but, like, he's giving... It's setting up right for them. Exactly. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's... Some, so, two things. They're... Um, the European Tour, they are going to the 2023 venue, Marcus Simone, for the Italian Open this week. So, I think that'll be interesting if you want to see a, a preview of the 2023 how they'll trick that place up or all that, talking about the Ryder Cup. And then B, Rasmus Hogard, third win. Age 20, of the year. third win 20 on years the year old. Tour, yeah. Tom, Thomas Bjorn is, is shouting this guy's name from the rooftops. So and it says like he's got, like it's not just that he's coming up with the results, but he's he's like the real deal. Hmm. Like he's like, hey, this is, this is the guy. Where I will say I've got a mea culpa here. Robert McIntyre's played like absolute shit the last two weeks in Corn Ferry Finals. <laughs> Listen, that's going to happen. Trying to get his tour card, but, you know, just you got you, you, you to gotta produce wherever you are. Looks right? like I'll have to rely on that world ranking to get some starts next year. But um, <laughs> uh, Too easy. Uh, Bernd Wiesberger had a shot. At, I, I haven't followed the European Tour qualification too closely, but he had a shot to qualify and double apparently double bogeyed the last hole today. That was tough. So looking at the year, so you got Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, Careful. Rory. Are you using the two lists? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Rom. So Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, Rory, and then go into the other list, and they both cut off. You got it right. Hovland, Casey, Fitzpatrick, Westwood, Lowry. Correct. And then you have the three picks, which are which I would say there's depth there, and then you don't have as much depth with the picks. That's where the depth drops off, right? Right. But I think that they, the the two of the picks are pretty easy, right? Poulter. Yeah. You go Poulter and then Sergio and, you go and Sergio. Justin Rose. And Rose probably makes sense for the last. And I mean, then, he just won the Payne Stewart Man of the Year award. <laughs> He's coming in hot. So <laughs> there's shape up well, but like they almost got caught, or they, I don't, I don't know what the math, how the math is going to work out, but like getting caught by giving away too many qualifying spots is like they probably wouldn't pick Bernd Wiesberger and were probably almost, they were almost forced to have him on the team. But if you qualify, like if you qualify in that last spot again, think of it this way. I don't way. think Podrick has a. I don't think Podrick has a, a allegiance to Burn Beesberger though, right? That's what I'm saying. Is like if he would have gotten in that spot, I actually think Burns a pretty good player for Whistling Straits. He, he very be well fair. may be, but would they rather have Lowry or would they rather have Beesberger? I'm guessing they'd rather have Lowry, right? Yeah. So you know, it, it the whole idea of qualifying is like, well, you're you. You could potentially be giving away a spot on points that you wouldn't for a guy you wouldn't want on the team, which makes no sense. At some point, is Poulter like? It's like you're playing musical chairs, and at some point, like you're gonna run, like, like you're gonna be left holding the bag with Poulter, and it's gonna happen one of these years. It's not like 
you know, and maybe you just have him as assistant captain or whatever. Like, this seems like a really bad course for Poulter. And Poulter didn't play in 2016. He did not play at Whistling yeah. at, uh, at Hazeltine. And so I, I, I think that, you know, it's like, I, it's, like it's not going to be his last Ryder Cup. You have him on, on European soil or whatnot, and he's a great antagonist and all right. that. But, like, 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 as a fan, do I want Ian Poulter involved? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? But also, he went 2-2 two and two in France, which is fine. But, like, didn't – wasn't a – Like, he made his he made his hay in very specific circumstances. Yeah. And know? then in 2014 in Glen Eagles, he exactly. was 0-1-2. So he's won two matches in the last since 2012. Obviously, we remember what he did in 2012, yeah. but like he's not the same player that he was then, yeah. and it's not a great golf course fit. So and he's going to give you issues as far as matching him up with other guys. Could right? potentially no. I think there's plenty of guys that would love to play with Poulter. No, right? but just just as far as like the distance, the wise. games, yeah. like the straight up just the analytics. Right? Yeah, I would I would think so, but I don't know. I'm getting getting super excited about it, and it's shaping up to be to be a good one. And I don't know. I, I was kind of resigning myself to a, a nihilist position on the U.S. side, but now I'm starting to starting to believe that uh, we might be in a good spot. But coming up this week, we have Solheim Cup. We are going up to Toledo to Inverness. We'll have a bunch of uh, content coming out here uh, related to the Solheim Cup. But I'm excited to experience the Solheim Cup for the very first time. I am too. I think I think Inverness is going to be unbelievable. Saw some of the build out for it on Twitter this week. It was it's it looks spectacular. I think Toledo is going to going to shine. Like I, I was a little bit confused by the Mina Harrigay pick, but otherwise, like I thought the I don't know. I'm Team Europe for Solheim Cup too. <laughs> so and, then there, and there's like four or five Scandinavians on the team too. I'm just getting. I'm just getting out of it. We'll get out in front of this. We're we're not going to be watching much tour championship this weekend. We're going to be at the Solheim watching the team uh, portion on Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, which I think at some point, like, like it pains me to say this because, like, you know, I'm, I'm an Atlanta guy and I like Atlanta and I think it's a very Coca-Cola Southern company. Like they they support the hell out of the tournament. But like, a as a fan, like the tour championship. Growing up, going to that, like it kind of stinks. Like there's 30 guys, and by you know by Friday afternoon, half of them aren't in contention at all. And that was before they started doing the the net thing. And also, like East Lake just kind of stinks. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, it's gotten I think better. Since they I think flip flipping the nines, the nines yeah. helped. That's one thing where it's like if you really, really want to make it a spectacle, like move that shit, move that one around. Yeah, like the Super Bowl, right? Where you have like this is our thing, and we're gonna move it around. Where it's like it's old hat in Atlanta. And it's just not you know, like the the used to be ninth now eighteenth hole at East Lake is is actually a really great finishing hole for it, but there are some bad holes on that back nine there. Yep, and uh, what we'll miss seeing it this week, but uh, yeah, yeah. Cantlay. So Sorry, this is I, I had in. to just raise my hand. And <laughs> <laughs> this is coming in. Cantlay said about the uh, the the. Uh, Said officials had told the group to speed up. Uh, the, the the exchange they had on fourteen said officials had told them to speed up. Which I don't think we've acknowledged it. Like Cantley's slow as shit. shit. Of course he is. It's crazy. Like like seeing him and and the bigger don't the moment. Up. Let's not roll up slow play Twitter though. They, he gets but he gets even slower the bigger the moment. But like and I know he's making the putt and all that. Like you know he's it's a part of his deal. But oh like. Just over the ball. Yeah. It is wild. And this is coming from Ryan Labner. He said, uh, it's no big deal. That kind of stuff happens out here every once in a while in terms of like, hey, can you stop, talk, stop walking? And, of course, Bryson didn't talk to media, tour partner, or otherwise afterward. So, 
That's cool. He should keep that up. That's a really cool. That's a cool act he's got going. I think that's going to benefit him a ton in the long term. And uh, you know, it's certainly, uh, you know, he, he's just sta- standing up for his right to not talk to the media. And I, I'm so proud of him for that. And I think that's a very big, very big of him. It's just very showing you, how, how much he's grown up. Are we media though? I mean, that's, I don't know. That's the question. That's right? tough to tell. Sometimes. There's a guy on the European tour, on the world points list, a Spanish guy. 23rd. He's ahead of Matthias Schwab, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. He's ahead of Stenson, ahead of Grant McDowell. Santiago Tario from Spain. I've never once heard that name before. I watch a lot of European tour golf. So wait, let me let me get this straight. So there's someone <laughs> from Europe that's higher on the world ranking than you would have expected that yeah. you've never heard of. Okay, I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure we got Correct. that straight. Okay, Correct. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> What else we got? Um, anything more from uh, from BMW? Any other performances? One shout out. Can, I, can we acknowledge a little elephant in the room here? Uh, Colin Morikawa, T sixty three this week, finished at two under par. He was one of he he was one of sixty nine guys that did finish under par at the tournament. Um, nice. He barely strokes gain, barely positive strokes gained approach, which is a weird thing for him, and almost dead last in putting. So kind of seems like something that just. It almost neuters his advantage. He's hitting, yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't be all that concerned about it. He's Morikawa is not a. He is not a. Uh, he's not a buoy like we've said about John Rom. He he dis, He does go away. He does go away for little periods of time. You would think the irons would be like one of the most consistent skill sets, but, but he just doesn't have the putter to to yeah. validate it. Like he just doesn't. Were the putting do stats really bad? I mean, he's 64th in putting. Well, this speaking week. of bad putting stats, can we talk about JT? We can, yeah. Is it uh, time? <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a very very poor putting year for him, and he finished. I think he actually putted it pretty good today. So he finished fifty um, first in putting this week out of sixty nine guys. But yeah, losing. It, it's going to be. I mean, like like we've talked about a lot, and he's a lock for the team. He's on the team, but we uh, the the top players for the U.S team not performing very well in the Ryder Cup like we're gonna need this guy to make putts in the Ryder Cup and it I feel like it's you know it's been addressed he changed putters around whatnot but like he is negative strokes gained putting on the year and I don't think uh and he did the same thing last year actually same last three years now that I see that um it's, that's, it's that's been a weakness the, that's the secret right it's like it's been you a get weakness. a little bit above and your ball striking is good enough yeah it's, um, it's been a weakness what were Rory's putting strokes like he was tenth this week in, in putting. Yeah, yeah. He put that was good. the thing. It's like when 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 Rory and like you know I know I was like yeah I think he's acting like a bitch. Like yeah I know he's got a one year old at home right. Yeah. I have a one I have a eleven month old at home. Like I know how it is, yeah. man. I know priorities shift and you know you get that overload of perspective, but you also get a lot of sleep deprivation and just you know stuff. But like I think with Rory too, it's, there's a very um, like when he throws when he throws expectations out the window, like he tends to play really, really well. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of the point where like like we were talking about it this week. Like the guys are gonna shut it down yeah. this this offseason. Like there's gonna be a true off season yeah. this year. You know, some guys will probably play Vegas or, you know, CJ Cup or what like CJ Cup's at the summit in Vegas, but or like I I I don't know who's gonna go play Zozo. Like guys do not want to. Yeah. Like they're fucking burned out. That's I. I have zero inside information. This is a pure hunch. But I think after the Ryder Cup, 
that Rory shuts it down basically until like Abu Dhabi next year. Abu Dhabi or even like farmers, right? Yeah. It's like it just yeah. Just yeah. doesn't go do it. I just think he he is probably looking for a true step away from And I think there's gonna be a lot more guys that would typically play, you know, and some of the chatter is that like the the tour's about to just nuke the fall season after next year anyway. Um but you can tell like from officials not media. nuke it but not make it part of the year long yeah they're I just gonna say probably... they're, like they're gonna make it back into like a fall series like yeah you know but it also open up some windows to do some cool shit internationally maybe like you know go to australia or do stuff and you know kind of taking the place of the wgc stuff like that so i think it's a good thing overall as a golf fan because yeah um i think so too Pat and Kazire, want to give him a oh, shout out. Yeah. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> shout out to Pat and just a pure snap of the putter over his knee on the 18th green, and, and then goes and, and then rips his hat, his hat. Yeah. rips his hat on the way into the tunnel. We saw him in the lobby of the hotel. We were just like, hey, what happened there? He just has a big smile on his face, and he came in out and told us the story about it. It was like one of the best storytelling exhibitions I've seen in some he was time. Like, it was. I was like, what set you off? You know what, man? Like. I just putted like shit the last like five, six weeks, man. Like, and then he goes, the, what really pissed me off was I knew I was going to miss it. Like I stood over and I knew I was going to miss it. Miss. We were like, ah, shout out to Big Randy. And then he's like, as soon as I hit it, I just like stood up and like just made this grimace face and just like was overcome with rage that I told yeah. myself I was going to miss it before I missed it. I did. And uh, it was it was it was very funny to hear him tell that story. We got to get him on the pod. He seems like it'd be a good chat. Patton's great. He play he plays a little slow sometimes, but he, he's great. <laughs> and he's just a slow simmer in general kind of thing. Uh, I got to give props to Cam Smith. Yeah, tied one on last night. <laughs> <laughs> he goes out and shoots sixty eight today. I don't think I got out of bed before ten thirty this morning. <laughs> Tried to go work out, and it was like, yeah, like you know, he went out and shot four hundred par, and like we, you know. Till, till four or five a.m. last night. His dad's in town from Australia. Like came in. He hasn't seen his dad in a year and a half, two years. And but yeah, just just what a fucking stud. He's the best. <laughs> no shout out to Harry Higgs, who was supposed to. He was going to come join us for the pod tonight, yeah, he and he, last dinner. minute he had to change. Uh, I think the playoff kind of threw off his timing a little bit, but we were going to get some of his takes on there. But uh, yeah, the general chatter chatter for most of the players this week was just a little frustration with the ease of the course. I think, but. It seemed to come from guys that were pretty far down the leaderboard. <laughs> we're giving us that feedback. That's, I think that's the thing where it's like, I, I can't imagine, you know, going back to Rory's comments about I'm just burned out or I'm, you know, I'm kind of going through the motions at this point. And then, you know, so like credit to him for like going, kind of diving back in and like re recommitting versus like, I can't imagine being 40th or 50th you know, heading into like yeah. after, after Thursday or Friday and when it's kind of half baked and then you're in, you know, and then you got to go through the motions on a hot weekend. Mm -hmm. It's like shit, you know, especially when you know, like you're not making the tour championship, right. like you're not close to the bubble right. or whatnot. Um, speaking of which did uh Hudson Swafford end up making it or, or did he, let's see what he was like the bubble guy all day. Right. He did not. He finished at 36th. Okay. He shot even today. He that. Yeah. Um, he flushes the ball, man. He really does. He <laughs> absolutely like, sends it. It's like, hey, man, you yeah. need to start like notching some better finishes. He had a great year. Really good. He had a great year. This yeah. is, I would. I mean, I guess yeah. It's like the second playoff. Like you finished what, third. Yeah, like yeah. that's a really good season. Really you know? good season. Very close call. But like, hey, like you're like you're probably a lot better than that, even right. And we did see them both, uh, him and Harris English together at dinner this week. So we can confirm yeah. they are different people, despite, uh, one reporter 
going up to uh, Harris English uh, in the post game and said, uh, "Hudson, so what do you think of Bryson today?" <laughs> We're not going to name any names. Said, but... "Well, I'm, I'm, my name's Harris, actually, and I'll, I'll tell you about it." But yeah. um, there's but also yeah. a general theme from guys. Like you talk to enough guys, and they're like, you know, they'll they'll play with Bryson or they'll just see it from a group away or whatever. And it's like, they're, they're just as tired of like Brooks egging it on. Too, oh, for right? sure. There's a big, yeah. there's a big kind of groundswell of like, you know, like both of y'all just need to grow the fuck up. Cause like it's wearing us out. Cause yeah. we have to deal with, especially when Bryson doesn't talk to the media, like they come to us and ask us about it. Even in, even if we haven't played with you for two weeks yeah. or three weeks, it's like, you know, it's just wearing everybody out. Right. I gotta imagine we're we're at the best possible chance for a, a, a Brooks Bryson pairing at with only thirty guys in the field. Yeah. Right. I mean, I gotta think but that they do it by so the first two rounds they do it by they reset after every round I think toward championship. Oh, they do. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I think we. we What's could be Brooks going into the playoffs as? Uh, I can pull that up here uh, shortly. Any big disappointments this week as far as guys that were, you know, kind of. Brooks. From the bubble, had a chance and 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 didn't you know didn't get it done. I will say like I was impressed with Sungjae this week. Yeah, we haven't heard a lot from him lately. He's kind of Kepka's at minus two, Bryson's at minus seven. So. Okay. Um, should we get to uh, an announcement on our end? Yes, we have uh, some exciting news here at No Laying Up. Uh, we have a new podcast on the No Laying Up Podcast Network. We are welcoming the Gruder Golf Girls into the No Laying Up family. Their podcast. Low Expectations, now officially part of our network. Uh, we've long been fans of, of their content, what they've done for women's golf, and uh, have enjoyed getting to know them. We are pumped to bring them aboard. We are going to have some collaborations between us and them in the very near future. We're hosting an event with them up in up in New Jersey. Techni- is it New Jersey? Yeah, yeah Watching like, Valley. Watching yeah. Valley. I'm excited. I'm going to try to make it up to that. It's like The course looks awesome. And, they're, uh, they're so fun. A couple of them came out to Denver, and I played with Jen, and like we shot – we shot 20, 27. We're not making this All about shot. what you shot. We're All just, shot. We're, we're oh, no, it was, some... it was a triumph of the human spirit. I, we shot 37, 27. We made three natural birdies. I've never been more proud of a partner that I was playing with. There you go. It was incredible. She's a gamer. Well, congratulations to you <laughs> and your fantasy team on that, TC. But no, welcoming the Gruder Golf Girls into our podcast family. We'll be up with them uh, at the Solheim Cup this week, so expect some uh, collaborations in the very, uh, very near future. But... Uh, you know, yeah, we've been we get to know them a lot over the last couple of years, and have been working towards uh, towards bringing them aboard. And now it is official as of this week. So yeah, and it's like excited. perfect perfect timing with the Solheim Cup. It is. So it's going to be great. Last segment I have here uh, is a a segment we have done with uh, in collaboration with our friends at Callaway Golf. It's our What's in the Bag segment. Uh, I threw this out. I said, "Well, what what should we talk about this week?" TC lit up ready to tell us about the four wood, which you've tinkered with woods in the past. You've had a sex wood. Yeah. Uh, you've had, tell us about your, your your fairway wood history here and what you've currently got in the bag. Yeah, so I, I had the last epic flash. I had the three, just a three wood. I think it was a 15 degree. Then into a three plus with the, and, and I'm always doing the, the sub-zero, the low spin one. With the Maverick, I had a little bit of trouble with the ball f- falling out of the air. And I don't want to ever see with a wood. I don't like seeing it go left ever, especially with a three wood. Like you don't want that quick, kind of that quick hooded, you know, almost ducky three wood. You know, I was having that. So I switched to this four wood. Uh, I think it's like 16, 16 and a half degrees and gets enough backspin on it to where 
I maybe lose six yards, seven yards, but like it goes so freaking straight. It's it holds cr- greens it's too. Crazy. And it goes high and then you can actually nuke it. It's like in in certain spots, like if your lie is good, it actually goes farther. <laughs> yeah, that that's been a, a game changer for me. And then I've also got this um I can't wait to go to Scotland because I've got this eighteen degree the like the I like the old X forged driving iron, the uh, utility iron. The new one is it's like the one of the best clubs I've ever hit. All right. Well, um, I'm sold. There it's it uh, where like you're like, I used to play a hybrid. Now I don't play the hybrid. I put, I've got two of these in the bag. I got an 18 degree and a 21 degree. Oh Jesus. And the 18 degree has, uh, it's a X stiff shaft. It's like 130 grams. Actually I stole it from Neil. Hmm. I, like it doesn't like, I don't put any spin on it at all. And like when we go to Scotland, I'm going to hit it like 315 yards. It's going to be nuts and it can't miss left. It's just the little bleed, right? It's awesome. Which the rumors have been confirmed that TC is indeed flushing the ball. We had a, a, a card of 71 at Baltimore <laughs> country club this week, which was a round of golf on that golf course. That was 71 with a, I was three over on the par five. I, I, I knew that was coming you know, next. We yeah, knew that was yeah. coming next, but that was a tremendous, yeah. tremendous round of golf. And, Man. What I'm most excited about is you're down to a two handicap now. I am. Yeah, I, I, shaved, I was like a 3.8 coming into the week, and then we played Chevy Chase and Baltimore Country Club, and I'm going to try to play well tomorrow too. We got a we got a good round coming up tomorrow, and yeah, it's like you know, playtime's over. I'm back. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in shape this off season. Let's get you in some tournaments this fall. How about that? I'm all for it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so I think that about wraps it. Uh, yeah. The only week. thing I've got, only other thing I've got is. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour. Oh, that's right. Uh, Adam Svensson won this week. And then uh, Steven Yeager, uh, late bogey on 17. Um, but, you know, he's already into it. Sahith Tagala didn't even know if he was going to be in the Corn Ferry Finals. Ends up, you know, lock, basically locking up his card this week with a T4. Is it a dangerous lockup? Shot with, 66, didn't win. With that 66, many? 66, didn't win. With that many guys locked in at T, like tying for T4. I, I'm, I'm always like... Corn Ferry Tour final scoring yeah. like, always makes me nervous on like saying somebody's locked. I think he's in good shape. Could probably use some more points just to make sure. Yeah, that's probably that's probably fair. I don't know how he played last week, but I think like if you get to he's like in tenth right now, he has two hundred points. So he, I was gonna say I think like if you get to like one hundred and fifty, okay, he should be good. One hundred and sixty ish. Like I think one hundred and sixty is probably safe. Hundred unless something fluky happens and the you know ev- like everybody that played well plays like shit because it tends to be. Victoria National, like the guys that are in decent form continue to be in decent form. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like our guy, Justin Lauer, solid made cut this week, but he needs a good one next week. Mm-hmm. Curtis Luck, great round today, 66 today. Kind of stumbled yesterday. Shot 66, 67, 73, 66. He's 24th, went up 40 spots, but you know he's got to probably finish top 12 next week. Top, you know, I'm not sure exactly how it's distributed, but... But yeah, I don't know. Like this is like the the Corn Ferry Tour. It's crazy how like these guys have been grinding for two years. Hmm. Like there's been no movement up or down for two two years other than Mito Pereira for winning three times. You want to talk about a super season? Yeah. <laughs> these guys have have earned it. You know. Yeah. So yeah, just a ball buster of a championship test next week at Victoria National. Although I'm getting reports that they cut down some of the native mm. the tour called and said, Hey, you got to cut down some of this native. It's going to be too hard. Uh, and I imagine that some of the hurricane moisture will be headed up that way here over the next, you know, next, next 
two or three days. So. And if you're following Tom Whitney after uh, you yeah. know his podcast appearance with us a couple of weeks ago, he uh, is in 23rd. He's currently in line to get a card, and he still needs another good week. Which, and you see what finish. he did this week? He missed a short putt. Yeah, um, and he was super upfront about yeah. it. He's like, you know, like, like God, like I'm bonehead. But yeah. like, yeah, like that's, dude, the margins are so fucking it's wild. He makes that shorty, you know, on Friday, and, yeah. you know, he might have been much closer to locking up that card. But it's going to be great to follow this coming week. It's stressful. It's heartbreaking. It's uh, heartwarming. It's everything you like can that's want in a be, experience. That's going to be, like, yeah. you know, everybody that's at the Tour Championships making, they'll make, what, a million bucks in bonus this week? Like, or 395 for the last guy. for yeah. last place. And yeah. then, you know, plus you probably made three or four million just to get there. The guys that are, like – you know, for a guy that even if the guy doesn't play well in the PGA Tour next year, he's still making more than he would mm-hmm. finishing first on the Corn Ferry Tour list next year, right? So, like, it's truly life changing. You know, you look at somebody like a Scott Harrington or somebody like that. Like, these are these are the stories yeah. I like to follow. Yeah, it sounds like. I don't want to spoil anyone's scoops, but just we might have been too effusive in our praise for Bryson. Sounds like there might be some. Uh, some some issues with him in the crowd and, and really? his post round antics that Hell well yeah. well that'll be out by Monday if it is going to be published. Malpe got in got yeah. into it with some crowd today too, right? Kevin Van Valkenburg tweeted that uh, yeah that Malpe swore at somebody that called him Brooksy or something like that. But yeah, I don't want to spoil anyone's scoops or if they don't want to publish that. But we may know that by the time this is published. So hell yeah, <laughs> let's get some dinner. We Popcorn. had scheduled for some dinner for a long time ago, but that playoff yeah. went a long time. But uh, thanks everyone for at BMW for having us out this week and putting on just a, a class class event like every other BMW we've been to. And uh, thanks for, uh, you know, kind of a ally of ours and, and uh, Tim Rittenhouse. He's been a great partner with uh, BMW. He's moving on to another role with them, but helped us three, four five years ago. Kind of when we had no make one the leap. Yeah. To, yeah. So big thanks to them and big thanks to Baltimore. Like we've had a great time here this week. Ate crabs till my hands were bleeding last night. <laughs> Drank some natty bows. Uh, you know, all of it. It's a cool, cool place and very authentic. A lot of character here. Yeah. So. Thanks to everyone that came out to our event this week and everyone that said hello at the tournament. It's, uh, it's clear the Baltimore strapped episode has been circulated around this city because, uh, that was, uh, we met a lot of great people this week and, uh, it's, we're, we're, we're re-energized and we're excited to roll this into, into Solheim cup this upcoming week. So I'm ready to get after it. So awesome. Uh, let's get some food, buddy. Yeah. Cheers. Good night. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.